mindfulness mode 444. You know, like, what can we do about it? And I was like, can we, can we cut it off? You know, can we do something about it? Because it was not only for wrestling, right? But it was going to improve the quality of my life. Welcome back to Mindfulness Mode. Great to have you here. I'm Bruce Langford. Have you ever thought of launching your very own podcast? Well, you have to have a place to host it if you decide to create a podcast. And Podbean is a terrific host. They've been great for me. That's where my my podcast is hosted. They've been around for over 10 years and their pricing is competitive. It's very, very reasonable and great quality. They are all about providing uh, support for you and helping you, and they offer some great perks too. I would check it out. Uh, I, I appreciate it if you do, because that means not only do you get a free month, but I get a little bit of a perk too. So go to podbean.com slash podbeanmm, standing for mindfulness mode. Today's guest is a man that you will not soon forget. He's inspirational. He's he's just so dynamic and so incredible what he's achieved in his life. But more than anything, it's about mindset. And that's so much the case with mindfulness, of course. But Nick Santo has, has something that Something to deal with that the rest of us don't. Let me just put it that way. You'll find him on Instagram under Nick Santo. His full last name is longer than that. And I practiced it and wanted to get it right. But I'll just leave you with Nick Santo. And then I will say his full name when we get on to the interview. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this fantastic interview with Nick. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I'm excited today. I've got somebody on the show that I'm going to be meeting soon at the end of May. He's going to be speaking at an event that I'm going to be at. So I'm super excited about that. He's an amazing athlete and uh, he's so many other things. He's a great speaker, although I haven't heard him speak yet. I have Nick. Now, I want to make sure I get your last name right because it's so cool and so easy to just say Nick Santo. Yeah. But it's Nick Santo Nastasso. Yeah. Nick. Santo Nastasso. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so, Nick, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I appreciate you having me on here. It's great to have you on the show. I'm so excited to meet you. And I loved your book. I just read your book, the Kindle version of it, and it's a very powerful book. And so, Nick, what does mindfulness mean to you? Oh, man, mindfulness. I think the, the word that comes to me is self-awareness. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think self-awareness is super strong, especially just being mindful of the state you're in. Right. Because I think a lot of people, even myself, there are some times where we get in these little slumps and we don't even realize that we're like in these slumps. Right. Like our, our eyebrows are crunched down and we have no idea that we're like in these motions unless you have that self-awareness and be like, oh, my God, like I'm kind of pissed off right now. You know, so that's the <laughs> yeah. first word that comes to me is self-awareness. Right. Just being self-aware of the thoughts that are going through your head, being self-aware of your physiology, you know, how you're breathing. Yeah. And in your book, you said that you didn't even realize how angry sometimes you looked and then people pointed it out to you and you saw it on your face and then you started to change that, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, as, as a kid, maybe I didn't play, like people didn't know I was playing the victim, but in my head, you know, I just always thought that the world was happening, you know, against me, right? And, and to me. So in school, you know, one bad thing would happen or a teacher would say something and maybe it was something that I needed to hear, but it was just, 
it rattled my cage. Right. And so, you know, I just right. go around and have, have my eyebrows crunched down and people are like, dude, like what's good, you know, what's wrong. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. And just like, you feel your, your face less, te- you know, less tense. And so that's, yeah, that's the first word that comes to me. I, I'm glad that you brought that example up because that was the first thing that came to my mind. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I want to share a little bit about you with our listeners. Yeah. 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 Nick Santo Nastasso is all about determination. That's the one thing that really comes through in your book and contributing to others. That's his big thing as well. He's a well-known bodybuilder. He's a wrestler, a fitness model and a world-class speaker. In fact, like I said, he's going to be speaking at Growth Now Movement Live, which is an event hosted by my friend Justin Shank. And I'll be attending that at the end of May. It's in Reading, Pennsylvania. Nick is incredibly high energy and his determination is totally off the charts. And the other thing is Nick has no legs and he has one arm. And so what? That, no, yeah, <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know if that changes you as a person, but you are an awesome person because I feel like I know you from reading your book. But, you know, this whole thing of mindfulness and living in the moment, it sounds like that's a big part of your life. And let me ask you this. How do you stay focused? How do you stay with the right goals in the center of your mind? Yeah. So to be put it fully transparent out there, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, how, like you do all these things, you know, how are you so on point, right? And scheduled. And, and the fact of the matter is I'm still a 22 year old kid. Like I'm yeah. still a 22 year old kid and my life is all over. Like you know, my main, my main focus right now is speaking. So we'll have to talk about this. I just talked to Justin about the event. I don't know if I'll be at that one, but the next one I'm already locked in because I just locked in my second tour in China. And so I leave for China May 19th. And so like right now, like I'm studying this big script, you know, for China. And I realized that I get anxiety, you know, during right before my China trips. And, and I realized the reason I have anxiety is because my lack of preparation. And so right. you know, this anxiety, this overwhelming would go away if Nick would just sit down and hammer in, hammer this into his head. And so like my 22 year old me is like, yeah, don't do it. And then, you know, I have to be, you know, keynote speaker, global speaker, Nick. And so it's like, you know, Ed Milet says the separation is in the preparation. And so my life's all over. And so that's why I have a team. You know, I, I, I think, I think it's very important to have a team um, to, so you can take off hats of the company of, of your company. Right. So I think it's funny in school, um, we're taught to like, okay, what are your weaknesses? And let's focus on those things. And then entrepreneurship is let's double down on our strengths and outsource our weaknesses. And so it's kind of like a contradiction. And so for me, you know, my, my team, I have two guys that work with me, Don and Rat are my business partners. And so Ratmir is, is in charge of my schedule, right? So like having this podcast book, like Ratmir has, it's this time, here's the link, here's you go. Um, so it makes it very easy for me. So without the help of my team, I wouldn't be as organized as I am. So I'm just super grateful to have people that are going to help me get me, get me to where I need to be on the right time and the right Zoom things, right? (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. So, so Nick, what's your favorite tattoo that you have on your body? Oh man. Okay. Yeah. So I have, I have a lot. I just got my chest done and you know, it, it was, it's, it was super aggressive mood because I just had my sleeve, you know, people told me don't get tattoos is going to ruin your speaking career. And then I did it and I blew my speaking career up. So like, you know, I, I, I kind of went against the grain in the speaking world, but my whole chest is tattooed and it's a, it's a massive perspective piece. And so I'm a firm believer that perspective is everything and the lens you see life through. Right. And so in the middle of my chest is an eyeball 
and then in the eyeball is a clock. And so like, there's no certain time because like, I'm really weird. This is going to get really weird, but like, what is time? Time was made up by us. We don't, we don't really know what's going on in the world, to be honest. And so, um, it's an eyeball with a clock in it. And then just, uh, you know, around it, I have like a timeline and there's strategic years of my life that were transformational for me. So for example, I have the age 14 tatted on me. That was suicidal Nick. I have age 16 tatted on me. That was when I amputated my arm to wrestle. And then I have 21 tatted on me is when I started my company. And then I have 35 tatted on me because I think that will be around the time where I settle down and, you know, have a family. But right now I'm focused on, you know, building up this brand and, you know, trying to inspire as many people as I can. My life is way fast right now. So um, it's kind of like a timeline of the life, but I'm just a massive believer is like the way you view life is everything, you know? I always say you may think the deck of cards you have is amazing. You may think the deck of cards you have is mediocre and you may think it's terrible, but the way you view it will determine everything. Well, that's very cool that you have those those pivotal points on your body, you know, and, and one of them was when you had the amputation. And in, in your book, you talked about that, how excited you were and, and you were just pumped to have this amputation. And I'm like, whoa, that's that's a different outlook. Yeah. You know, tell us about that, Nick. Yeah, I was when I got into high school, I was I was in a low point and you know, I was a kid, chubby kid, you know, girls didn't pay much attention to me. That really that was a big trigger, suicidal trigger for me in itself. And so I thought I thought I had you either born with confidence or you didn't have it. So, you know, but I didn't realize it was a skill and so I was looking for something that was going to dig me out of a hole. And you know, all my my older brother was a wrestler, so I was always looked up to my brother. I lived in New Jersey, so wrestling was a massive deal. And so all my best friends are wrestlers and they're like, dude, you know, you always tell people to try new things, you know, try wrestling. And I was like, I can't my arm. And so what I mean by that is this arm was my right limb. Um, this is audio or just, um, is it audio and video? Most people will be hearing this on audio only, but I will post the video. Perfect. So my right limb before was probably just before the elbow. I didn't have an elbow. So right before that. And so my bone was going faster than my skin. So it was super sensitive. It was like your finger and I couldn't really touch it on things. And the bottom line is if I would have hit my arm hard enough, my bone would have came through. And so, you know, I always say, you know, when you, someone tells you an idea and you're like, eh, and then you start marinating on that idea, you're driving your yeah. car. And so that was me. I was like trying to think of all these ways that I could become a wrestler because the one, the one phrase that was engraved in my head from an early age was it's not camp, but how, and that's a very, that's even how I view my life now. Um, because, you know, as humans, we're very disempowering creatures if we don't catch our, our, you know, our, our thoughts, if we don't catch our patterns. And so we're very disempowering creatures. And so if you always view a problem in your life or in your business with can't, like your mind's not going to stimulate solutions the way it would if you approach it with how. And so I was approaching this with how, and I was like, all right, well, you know, I sat my parents down, I came home. I was like, listen, I want to be a wrestler. Like, this is what I want to do. And my mom was like, what are you, what are you going to do about your arm? And I was like, yeah, what are we going to do about it? You know, like, what can we do about it? And I was like, can we, can we cut it off? You know, can we do something about it? Because it was not only for wrestling, right. But it was going to improve the quality of my life. You know, I wouldn't have to put my arm in and hide it from everything. And so my parents were very supportive, super grateful for that. And they were like, you're crazy, but you know, we'll, we'll support you. And so they went ahead and scheduled the appointment for the amputation. And so what the doctors did was they lasered five inches of my bone off and they did a skin graft. So they pulled extra skin from up on my shoulder and pulled it over my bone. And so I could beat people up with it. Right. And so, right. you know, I, I got like, I didn't tell any of my teachers. I didn't tell any of my friends. I just came back to school one day, happiest kid that just cut his arm off. And, you know, they're like, dude, what'd you do? And I'm like, I cut my arm off. And they're like, why? And I'm like, I'm going to become a wrestler, you know? And 
yeah, I had my, I had my team support me and there were some people that didn't support me and, and that's okay because there's always going to be that outside noise, right? There's, right. There's that tell us that our goals are too big. We're not strong enough. We're not good enough, whatever it may be. And I always tell people that it's like our choice, right? Like right now in life, we're floating through plain energy and we are the dictators, whether an event is negative or positive or whether you use it as negative or whether you use it as positive. And so my whole life, I just used to use all the negative as fuel. You know, just turned it or turned it into fuel. Oh, I'm not going to become a wrestler. You're right. I'm going to become a varsity wrestler. And so that was like the little, <laughs> you know, the the part of the amputation. And so fast forward, my junior year, I was a JV wrestler. I was about one in 20. And, um, you know, my coach put me out for a varsity forfeit. And I think we can all agree that things feel better when we earn them. So I was yeah. like, thanks, dude. You know, I don't want it. And then my senior year, I was able to come out as a 106 pound varsity wrestler where I landed two real wins against two full bodied guys. So, um, that was a little taste of progress. Right. And so from there, it just instilled confidence in me. You know, I was a senior, I was a varsity wrestler and I was also doing the vine at the time. Right. So I just kind of turned my life around a little bit, um, and started gaining confidence and being a little bit more comfortable in my body. Right. And when did you decide you wanted to be a speaker? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's funny because my, my whole life, being a kid, you know, people are like, Oh, you're so positive. You're such this role model. You could be a great speaker. And you know, I wasn't thinking about being a speaker when I was in middle school, I was probably trying to be an astronaut or something. Right. 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 And so, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a speaker. And there was, there was an instance I was in sixth grade and, and one of my guidance counselors, she, they called me Nikki. And she was like, Nikki, if, if I help you write a speech for the dare program, will you do the speech on stage? And I guess I accepted it and I was like, sure. And, you know, and, and it was uncomfortable. Right. And right. back then I didn't know uncomfortable situations led to massive growth, but I did it anyway. And so I was able to give like this little speech. And that was my first speech as a sixth grader. It was never in my mind. And the one thing it's funny, I don't really talk about this, but my dad, you know how, like, I don't know, at least for me, like my dad was always strangely always right. It was just like, he, he's just very good at calling things and, and seeing things in the future. And so literally the, the one thing he always said to me as a kid, because, you know, my parents, my mom was like, Nick, you're happy. I love it. Like, as long as you're happy, I love it. And my dad's like, Nick, you need to be happy, but you also need to learn how to feed yourself and, and be independent and, and make money. And so super grateful for him being, you know, that because I'd probably be complacent if he wasn't. And so my dad was always like, dude, your voice, he's like, you can be on radio. Like your voice is awesome. You can yeah. be a speaker. Or you could be a singer and, and a rapper. Like you, you can do those three things. He's like, you choose whatever, but like, that's what you need to do. Like you, you need to do this, whether you think you don't or not, like, you know, and dads are, are weirdly always right. Right. So it's, we'll get into the full circle thing because I'm writing an album right now too. That's a whole nother story. But my whole life, you know, people are always like, Oh, you're such this positive role model. And I was like, man, like, I don't want to do that. You know? And so I think after high school, especially like during high school, I was kind of scared of like, what kind of job am I going to do? You know, like how I can't mm -hmm. work a regular job like the other kids. Like I need to be independent. Like I don't want my dad, you know, be mad at me for not doing anything. And so my teachers told me I needed a communication major to be, you know, a speaker. And so I got accepted to a college with my best friend and I went to the orientation. I was like, eh, I don't like this. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go to college. And mm -hmm. I actually moved to LA for an, for a pranking opportunity, which fell through and I went broke and, I learned how to live with absolutely nothing. So I'm super grateful for that. And I moved to Tampa when I really like dialed in on the speaking was when I moved to Tampa about two years ago, I was in a little mastermind of just like eight people yeah. and just a mutual buddy. And he invited some other, you know, entrepreneurs in Tampa. And I met Ratmir who, who's, who's one of my business partners now. And, you know, the first time I met him, 
I was very, I didn't say anything to the group. I was just analyzing. I don't know anyone. I just want to listen. And then the next time I came into the group and Ratmir, um, he's from Russia. And so he's like, dude, what's your story? I'm like, you want to hear my story? It's going to be a long one. Like, you know, like it's a long story. And so I told him and immediately he was like, dude, like you can take over, you can take over the world. Like literally you can speak with Tony Robbins. You can speak with, you know, the, the legends, the greats, and he's a visionary. And so, right. Like, just like my daddy mm-hmm. can see way off into the long game. Oh, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't really see it. And so I looked at him. I was like, dude, I don't know you. I was like, first off, we're going to have a build a relationship, like a trust, you know, a trustful relationship. And he's like, exactly. He's like, actually, he's like, I'll work for you for free. And I'll get, if I can get you on stages and when I, if I can get you in the right places and we can work on your speech. And if you like my work, maybe we'll start a company one day, just kind of like nonchalant. Right. Well, yeah. fast forward, like Ratmir, I was working a part-time job. Ratmir was scheduling my meetings after my part-time job. And he was cold calling car dealerships. Like, Hey, I have a speaker. Like he was the thing that I want to let people know is like, he was sold on me from the beginning. Like he was sold on my story. He was sold on me as a person and my ability to become the speaker because you know, I, I wasn't, a, I wasn't the speaker I am today. You know, back then I may have, may have had a natural calling for portraying messages and being able to open my mouth a little bit, but I wasn't the beast I am today. And so he just believed in my, like he was sold from the minute. And, and that's when you, you're really successful is when you have people around you that are sold on you. Like, you know, they are a hundred percent, you know, determined and they, they believe in your mission, your, your path. And so it went from cold calling car dealerships to one of my early gigs was I got on the same stage as Gary V. Um, and then from there, even then it was still tough. Right. And so, like I said, I, I got the book out. The book was yeah. credibility. You know, now I'm labeled as an author and best bestseller on Amazon. And then I got a Forbes, I got, I got a Forbes article featured on me for entrepreneurship and overcoming adversity, which that helped. Right. And it was yeah. just building my credibility, you know, a little bit, a little bit at a time. And, um, we just, we've done a lot of work in a year and a half. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you really seem to have a vision and that's what you talk about in your book that you need a vision to pull you forward and to remind you every day that what you're doing is what really means something to you. you know? Absolutely. Like, the vision is the most important thing because not only does that fuel you, right? Like you have like clarity, clarity is power. So if you have mm-hmm. clarity on your vision, that's extremely powerful. And you have this vision of like, you got to come back to your why. And it might take you like multiple questions to get you down to that, like deep, really, why are you really doing this? You know, like it's not for the cars, it's not for the money, it's not for the impact. It's like, really, why are you doing this? And so, you know, for me, it came down to like, I want to shift as many perspectives as I can, but I also want to provide for myself and my family and be able to set my, myself and my family and my friends up, you know, for the rest of our lives, because I'm able to do such, right. I mean, I am a person. I was just talking to my dad last night on FaceTime. I'm like, dad, we're the same person because I asked him, I was like, what do you love? Like, what do you love to do? Because I'm like, you know, like you're getting to the second half of your life. Like, let me know if there's anything I can do to cross some bucket lists off because like, I'm all for it. And he's like, I love giving people experiences that they don't think they could have. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's what I say in all my interviews. I'm like, right. Have you been watching our interviews? Like, that's exactly what I do. But you know, um, my friend, Kathy, um, she's one of the, she is the top producer for Cutco and um, she's a, she's a great friend and mentor of mine. And she did a speech the other day and she was talking about the vision and it's like, and I even, you know, brought this into my life yesterday, but say you're a real estate agent or say you're a salesman and you have to pick up the phone and, and cold call. You may hate the act of calling, 
But when you have a vision and you can think about, wow, if I call, you know, 50 people, that's me going to London or that's me taking the kids to a resort. Then it's like, okay, well, the phone calls aren't, I don't like doing the phone calls, but the vision is much greater and will pull me through and allow me to do the things I need to do to, to obtain it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. That was so powerful for me because to be fully transparent, like I have a script right here for China and and I have to watch what I say. And and it's, it's, it's like almost 8,000 words. And I'm just like, I hate studying. Like, that's why I didn't go to college. Like, cool. Like I hate studying, but if I prep myself, you know, if, if I realize that Nick, if you get this speech down and you get it down so good, you can go into China with no anxiety. Would you like that? Like, would you like to just cruise through your tour and just get up on stage and just know all the motions like that feels a lot better. And so that's what's been driving me because dude, I hate, I dislike studying. I'm not going to program my mind, but I dislike studying and I much rather be doing other things. So when you go to China, are there certain things you're not supposed to say or certain topics you're not supposed to bring up? Yeah. It's my story. Right. But yeah, my American story is different than my Chinese story because there's things that I say in American that when you translate them, they either don't make sense or they're kind of offensive. Oh really? Yeah. And so like, I'll speak a sentence wait for the translator to speak that sentence. And then I'll go into my next sentence. Like it's a whole different ball game. And so, you know, I, I can't talk like, I can't say God forbid, right? Like little things, right? Like I'm not going to say okay. God forbid. I don't want to get like, you know, captured or something, you know? Right. So yeah, it's just, it's just little things. And so in China, their standards are very high, you know, like my agent standards are very high. I mean, sure. We were on the phone call the other day and he's like, Hey, I, I spoke in front of 10,000 people in front of China not really ex- like going into my first tour, not really expecting, I didn't know I was going to have a script. And so when I got to China, I had a full breakdown, like full, like crying, like just trying to, trying to so overwhelmed because I was like, Oh, I have to follow this whole script. And so I was in my, I trapped myself in a hotel room and was just going over this script, but very high standards. Like for example, he was like, man, you look down at the script about 30. Like I saw you quickly look down about 30 times. He's like, let's try to improve that. Like, I don't want you looking down. And then I had you know, I just got off a, a call with one of my mentors, one of my coaches. And he's like, would Tony Robbins look down on a script? Would Ed Milet look down on a script? I'm like, no. And he's like, Nick at his fullest potential wouldn't look down at a script as much as you did. He's like, like, what are you going to do? And, you know, rattle, rattle my right. cage in the right, right way. Right, right. Just push you. Yeah. What was it like being on Ed's podcast? You know, we find mentors. We find people that are like, all right, we need those people in our life. And when we found Ed, we were like, we need to kidnap this guy. Like if this guy's not going to become our mentor, I'm going to kidnap him. I'm going to put him in a little jar and carry him around everywhere. You yeah. know? And so Ed, Ed didn't know who I was. And I actually, it was Ratmir's idea. We're able to contact someone that was on his podcast previously because he left their contact information. And so we got on the phone with this person and was, was this, or reached out and was like, Hey, just want to, just want to connect. We loved your story. I'm um, representing this guy, but we would just really just love to connect. And so we had this phone call and at the end we we're like, Hey, how'd you get on Ed's podcast? And they were like, he answers all his DMs. I mean, just reach out. And little did I know that that person put a, a good word in for me. And so when I got uh, to Ed, he was like, how do you know so-and-so? I was like, I don't. And he's like, oh, really? He's like, well, she put in a good word for you. And that's why you're here. He's like, that was a good move. He's like, that was a, that was a good networking move. He's like, who did it? And I was like, Ratmere. And you know, he commended our moves to getting, to getting into that circle. And so being on Ed's podcast, I mean, not only is it massive, right, but Ed is an amazing human being. And, and my goal was to have him mentor me. You know, I was going to be like, I'm right. going to go in and crush the podcast and then I'm going to ask him to mentor me. And so I went in, I crushed the podcast and he was like, man, 
he was like, when I was your age, you know, I was, I was losing my house. I was going through some things and I met Tony Robbins and he not only became a mentor, but a friend of mine, they've been best friends for 25 years. And he said, I probably wouldn't be sitting on this couch if it wasn't for that Tony in my life. He said, I want to be that Tony in your life. And so I was like, oh my God, you know, so he kind of just, you know, open arms took me in and he gave me, he was like the rock. He gave me, you know, a newfound confidence in myself that, you know, he was labeled, he labeled me one of the greatest speakers on earth. And I was like, dude, let's like, that's really blowing smoke up my body. He's like, no, dude, the way you portray messages, the what your energy, like everything, it's just like, you are one of the elites that kind of blew my head up, but I needed to realize that I'm, I'm still a student of the game and I'm still 22 and I only know what I know. And I still need to become, you know, the best possible speaker I could possibly be. But, you know, right, being on right. there just gave me a massive, you know, boost in confidence. Right. And for those listening, it's just like, find someone in your industry that's crushing it. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just got to make it smoother. And so right. find someone in your industry that's crushing it, you know, get as close as you can to them, read their books or YouTube videos. Um, if you, if you can get with them in person, make sure you're providing value, win-win situations. You know, a lot of people in the, they're, they're messing up because they're like, what can I take from this person? What can I take from this opportunity? But really it's, you need to provide win-wins, you know, like life is all about win-wins and longevity relationships. And so find someone, find someone that you can model and, and do more of the things that they're doing right and do less of the things that they're doing wrong. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Your book is amazing. It's, it's fantastic. And I strongly recommend Mindful Tribe that you get your hands on this book because it's a quick read, but it's a powerful read. It's called Victim to Victor, How to Overcome the Victim Mentality to Live the Life you love. And of course, you can go to booknicksanto.com for more information. But Nick, do you meditate? Is that part of your life? Yeah, good question. So to put me on the spot, that's one of the things that I need, need to do more of. And so, for example, the one thing that I've been trying to do is like the first 30 minutes of life when I wake up, right, is to like not yeah. touch my phone or you know, just be a human being without anything distractions. And today, like I was the victim of that. Like, I woke up and my phone was like, and I'm just like, boom, like woke up kind of in a panic and just right into my phone. And so maybe after this, this podcast, I'll go sit outside and just be one, but it's definitely something that I need to incorporate more because I know the importance of it. You probably know even more importance of it and visualization, right? I, I needed, I need to just take more time to visualize and meditate and just like, right. Not being a panic and waking up and going right through the motions, because I think it's super important to have those first 30 minutes to, to just be a human and just sit in silence and just, just reflect on the day or set intentions. Right. What, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Cause I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I found that when I started meditating that at first I couldn't really tell what it was doing for me at first, I wasn't sure if it was improving my life or improving the way I felt. But then after I spent some time with it and then looked back a few weeks, I'm like, geez, I feel a lot more calm, you know, like I feel like I'm in control of my emotions more and that I'm noticing my emotions more. So things like that really made a difference for me after I started meditating. So guided, like guided meditations? I I started that way. Okay. Yeah, I started with guided meditation. So, yeah, someone didn't know how to meditate, right? You'd go, you suggest a guided meditation. Yeah, that's what I would suggest. And also what people do, a lot of people tend to beat themselves up. You know, they think yeah. they have to do it longer or they have to, you know, do it in such a way that their mind isn't going anywhere. They're not thinking about other things. And that's just not true. You know, if your mind is going different places, let it go. It's it's okay. And the other thing is, even if it's for two or three minutes, it can be valuable. 
Yeah. That's, you know, that, that can be a, a, some people never even stop for three minutes during their day to just give their mind a break, you know? Agreed. So, and, yeah. and I think like different people find meditation in different things. Yes. So for me, like I'll be fully transparent here. Like some meditations for me is like my haircut. Sure. So like I go in, I get a haircut. I'm not touching my phone. I'm getting, I'm getting pampered. You know, it's like a transformation and I'm just sitting there and I'm chilling. Or if I'm on the plane, I try to find like lulls in my day. And so like with a lot of traveling, like sitting on a plane and just putting in my music and no one talking to me is like meditation for me. It's like, I get to go where I need to go. Right. And so I found that, you know, I found kind of meditation in some different areas of my life. It was just like, for me, it's like sitting there and not doing anything and no one talking to me and I don't have to give my energy to anyone is meditation for me. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally, totally agree with that. That's you, people find meditation in some of the su- most surprising places. That's for sure. Oh, and the gym, like gym, like for me, it's an aggressive meditation. Like last night I was eight o'clock. I got in the gym at like eight thirty. I left the gym at 11 o'clock. Like I was in the gym for like almost two hours and just getting beat up. But for me, that was just like letting my demons out or just, you know, just letting the energy out and, and just being one with my body and, and feeling my heartbeat rush through my chest and, and just getting beat up. I'm just like, oh man, you know, I'm alive. So I have, I, I guess I don't do this, the, the sit down, close your eyes meditation, but I have things that I, I do view as meditation for sure that just get my mind just. I let my mind wander. No work, no nothing. It's just, this is my time. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the gym and about weightlifting. Uh, how yeah. hard was that to get going with that when you first decided you wanted to be a bodybuilder? What was it like? Yeah, I was I was back in New Jersey and uh, my buddy Josh, I started with Josh. We wrestled together and he was he's always a big boy. He's still a big boy. He's a cop now. And I was just like, dude, I want to like, start lifting weights. And the thing is, I when I came back from that LA thing, I came back and I was in my mom's basement and I was like, okay, what's next, Nick? Because you you can't sit in the basement all day. Right. And so I was analyzing the industries. And that's the one thing that I'll commend myself on is like each industry that I've broken into, like I've, I've shaken it up and, and like, like taken over or made a following in it. Right. And so I I looked at the fitness industry and I was like, well, there's no man with no legs and one arm bodybuilding. I said, I'm going to do it. And then people are going to freak out over it. To be honest, that was, that was my goal. And so Josh took me under his wing. And at first, like, I was only lifting the left side of my body, like totally just not touching this body. We didn't like, didn't, didn't realize it. And then I was learning more about the industry. I was learning more about bodybuilding. I was learning more about, you know, training and nutrition. And I realized like everything in bodybuilding is symmetry. I'm like, Oh my God, I've been doing the total wrong thing. Like I've only been lifting one part of my body. And so just like everything else, brother, it was just going in and just figuring out ways to, you know, hit the right muscles. And my training, you know, I lifted probably two years at home with Josh and with other people. And, but when I moved to Tampa and I met Cody, who, you know, a lot of a lot of the people who follow me know who Cody is because he's always in my lifting videos and whatnot. And so Cody was Cody kind of took me over and was like, hey, your form is all messed up. Like your body's all messed up. I'm, I'm going to fix you. I'm going to be very hard on you. I'm going to be very strategic in their, your movements. But if you listen to me, you'd become a, a amazing bodybuilder. Yeah. And so that's what it was. And still to this day, like me and Cody yesterday, we're going in and he, we we're just thinking let's try this idea or let's try this exercise. Well, if you sit like this upside down and maybe we do it, they're like, we're always just learning. Right. And so yeah. now it's just very, just very strict on myself. And now just, I know the movements and I know how to hit my body and my mind muscle connection is, is stronger than it's ever been. But I've built, I've built this person, right? Like I wasn't this person. I was an out of shape, chubby kid that had no idea 
what bodybuilding consisted of. And I was just confident. I had that vision. I still have that vision of me being shredded, you know, modeling with girls or me being shredded and going out on stage. Like those are the things that pull me. And it was funny just to touch on this real quick. I know I'm like blabbing, um, but I always had a, a vision like being that chubby kid, right? Like girls didn't like me and, you know, I didn't have the confidence. And so going into bodybuilding, I always had that vision. I was like, I want to be, you know, shredded one day on a beach somewhere modeling with a beautiful chick. Like that was my thing. And probably uh, like a year and a half ago, I was flying home from Huntington beach and I was looking at the shots I just took and it was me on the beach looking good with this beautiful woman. I'm like, Oh my God, like I did it. And that was the vision. I was like right there. But listen, that vision pulled me, you know, that like that vision continuously pulls me like even in business, like with speaking, even with modeling, like I have a vision for all these different industries. And I dude, that's the one thing like that kind of freaks me out is like when I have a vision, like it happens, like I make it happen. Like I'm so set on that vision and so confident in my ability to obtain that vision. And do you coach other people to do the same thing? To be honest, I mean, right now I was trying to figure out how I could coach, but you know, be conscious of my time, right. To leverage my time. And so right now um, I've created, it's called victorious university. So it's a virtual training program. And I'm a firm believer. Like I don't like sitting up here and dictating people. I want to be in the trenches with people, like teaching them, like, you know, while we're going through some stuff. And so I created, you know, a virtual training program where you log in and basically it's a bunch of modules and some worksheets. And I take you through, you know, I pop up and I take you through these course. And so like I was swimming with sharks in Hawaii filming a course and I was climbing a mountain in Arizona filming a course. And um, so that's the course. And then we created a, a private Facebook group. And so the private Facebook group is like every other Sunday I'll do a coaching call and people can tune in and, and, you know, a group coaching call. But to be honest, the one thing that I've been struggling with is like, I don't know if I provide enough value to be a coach or you know, I don't know if I provide enough information to be a coach to people. And I, I always want to over deliver and, you know, give people mass value. So right now we've just been, that's something that I've been focusing on, just, you know, furthering my knowledge in the certain areas I need to be. I'm still working on my keynote. Like I'm going to a training session here in a probably a week with Dr. Sean Stevenson. I don't know if you know Dr. Sean Stevenson, but just, you know, yeah, anything I that I can... Yeah help provide more value, provide more, you know, depth and and meaningful and practice my storytelling, like you name it. I'm always trying to, you know, just make myself better. And where can we get that course, Nick? Is it at booknicksanto.com? Is that where we can find it? Yeah. So the course, if people go to my Instagram, okay, they go to my bio, actually, let me rattle off the link right here. I have it in my notes right now on my Instagram, in my bio, it's, it, you can click that link because what we were first doing, I'm just giving people, you know, the audio book. I'm just giving out the audio book. Yeah. Mind of mind of a victor.com. So mind of a victor.com slash audio. And so okay. from there, that'll just be like the first step, but you can, they can skip to the, the coaching. They can skip to the, the university, but that will be the page where I give them my audio book and I, the audio book of what we were talking about. And I'm a, I, I like audio books and I was narrating, I was narrating it. So like you can hear my voice. It's much more personable. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. Mindofavictor.com slash audio. Yeah. That's great. Thank yeah. You, Nick, as we uh, move forward, I want to ask you five quick answer questions, if that's okay. So just five second answers. I, sorry. 30 second answers are perfect. Who's one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? Oh, who's one person that has influenced mindfulness in my life? I have actually the the buddy that put on the mastermind where I met my buddies, Chandler. Right now, they're just like going through a very spiritual time and just kind of realize that all this materialistic stuff, like, you know, the the one thing that we're craving is human connection. We just want love. We just want to feel like we deserve it. And 
Like all of this doesn't really matter. That's what I came down to is like, yeah, money's great. All of this is great. But at the end of the day, like we're, we're spirits having a human experience and we just want love. That's yeah. my quick answer. We're giving quick answers, right? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Um, I think it helps me stop the monkey brain, right? The, the, the constant chatter of all these things. I think it, it just, it grounds you and, and has you have that, have that silence in your brain, kind of like, you know, kind of shut it off. And I think that's super important because a lot of us suffer from that monkey brain of like, man, I can't turn my mind off. And so being mindful and being aware of, right, right. Your, your emotions and the, what, what you're thinking. I think once you can tap into that and have that relaxed state, I mean, that's super powerful. Yeah, for sure. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness. Yeah. People forget to breathe. I forget to breathe, you know, throughout my day. Right. And when, when I put people through my gratitude exercise, I start them off with six deep breaths because six deep breaths is going to change our physiology and it's going to relax our mind and get us to that state we need to be in. So remember to breathe throughout the day, like have a reminder, like, Hey, take a couple breaths. It's all, it's super important. It is. It really is. So yeah, yeah. Take a breath right now, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Your book is awesome. Uh, It's like I said already, it's called Victim to Victor and you can find it on Amazon. But Nick, do you recommend any other books that are related to mindfulness or mindset? Oh man. Like I said, this is my views, right? This is just my output. Law of Attraction. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for. Law of Attraction. So are you thinking The Secret? Or what book? Uh, the, I haven't read The Secret, to be honest, but Law of Attraction by the Hicks, the Hicks couple, Esther Hicks. Oh, oh right. Law of Attraction, that kind of goes into Law of Allowing, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like a lot of people don't don't think they deserve things and are not open to it. And and when you're vibrating on a certain frequency, right? Like this isn't just magic. Like when you're vibrating on a certain frequency and you have, you have a vision in mind and you're working towards it, you are more inclined to see the opportunities and see the people right in front of your face that can help you get to that next level. For sure. Can you share an app which helps with focus, mindfulness, an mindset? App. Yeah, an app. The head app. It's it's Heads, all headspace. Headspace. Yeah. Guide, yeah. So guided meditations. That's where I'm going to start because I don't meditate much. And so headspace is where my buddies told me you should start here. So headspace. I would suggest headspace. So Nick, and they don't give me any royalties for shouting that out. Just let you know. No royalties on that one. huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this isn't part of the quick answer questions, but I, I meant to ask you about bullying because I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time. And I'm wondering if you have a story about either being bullied or where maybe you bullied someone else, a story where mindfulness would have made a difference if you were to, if it were to happen again. I probably never even said this on any podcast. There was probably a point in maybe middle school and high school. And, you know, I I had, we have friends, you know, we have a group of friends and, you know, maybe they were making jokes about someone and maybe I was just there, like, you know, supporting it, you know, to think back on it, just to see the evolution of of me as a human being, you know, like maybe that was probably me battling my own insecurities, right? Because the majority of the times the people that are bullying are the people that are struggling with the most, the most stuff. And so maybe I was supporting because I felt like, you know, that make me feel better. Um, so, you know, maybe at one point I, I was a bully, you know, who knows, or maybe I was supporting it or, or not stepping in and saying like, dude, what are you doing? Because I just felt like, well, whatever. Right. And, um, and then there was, there was another instance, right. I was on a, I was on a, a bus. I was probably in seventh grade and I had to ride the short bus because of my wheelchair. And there was, I still remember this girl's name. I know exactly her name, her face, everything. And, um, she was just picking on everyone on the bus. And when she got up to me, she looked at me and I looked over at her and she said, um, Hey, I don't even have to start with you, buddy. You're already too messed up anyway. 
And, you know, like not only did it come from another human being, but it came from a female. And, um, you know, that really, really struck me down home because as humans, we stack, we stack in a positive way, we could stack in a negative way. And so, you know, you notice if you roll out of bed on the wrong, the wrong side of the bed, you, if you don't catch your patterns, you start nitpicking the whole day. Oh man, my tire pressure's off. Traffic sucks. Oh, why this? Why that? If you don't catch your patterns. And so for me, you know, when that girl said that, the thoughts that went through my head were, Nick, you're disgusting and you'll never have a girlfriend and girls think you're disgusting. And how are you going to walk her to her locker? And if you get to her locker, you can't open the locker. And is she going to want to hold your finger? Is that disgusting? I mean, these thoughts drove me to my, my deepest, darkest suicidal days um, where the suicidal thoughts kept kicking in. And so um, that was, that was a moment of me, be, me being the bully and of me, you know, getting bullied. Wow. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's very powerful to hear your insight. You know, it's been great having you on the show. Uh, Mindful Tribe, you can you can connect at booknicksanto.com or check out his Instagram. It's yeah. awesome. He's yeah, got mostly, great stuff mostly going on. my Instagram. If you type if you go on Instagram, you type in Nick Santo, S-A-N-T-O. I'm the guy with the little blue check mark and the really long last name. But like I said, yeah, the last name's long. So if you type in Nick Santo, you'll you'll find me. There's not many guys that look like me. well it's been great talking to you i really appreciate what you're doing for the world and hey good luck on your china tour thank you brother yeah send me some good studying energy some some uh superpowers i'll I'll definitely do that i appreciate you bruce i like i said man grateful for the opportunity thanks bye now Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. And remember, if you're thinking of launching your own podcast, you can get a free month at Podbean with its awesome pricing and fantastic stats. Uh, you can just do that by going to podbean.com slash podbeanmm, standing for mindfulness mode. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.